DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Wake that, that ass up. up. The Breakfast Club is on. Right. Yeah. I have to live life. I'm talking to the Breakfast Club this morning. Okay, okay, okay. I love coming here. I'm never not going to come here. You guys are good to me. In return, I'm always going to be good to you. For a lot of people in the hip-hop generation, the Breakfast Club is where people get the information on the topics, on the artists, and everything like that. In that aspect, radio is still important. The Breakfast Club. When my name come up, respect it. I'm dialing. I'm dialing. Hey, what you doing, man? I'm dialing. I'm calling call you. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The <laughs> Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? This is Jermaine. Don't... Jermaine, what up? Get it off your chest, Jermaine. Listen, man, I want to give a shout-out to Charlemagne for, um, for his book, man. It inspired me to get help and go to rehab. And I went to rehab called F*** House, and I almost lost my life. They lost my my asthma medication, and I had a um, I had an asthma attack, and man, they kicked me out because of that. <laughs> it's crazy, bro. So where you at now? Right now, I'm in a hotel, trying to get into a different program. You know what I mean? I've been battling drugs for a long time, man. But I want to let you know when I went to jail, I read your book, man, and it inspired me to get help, bro. Which one? Black privilege or shook one? Black privilege, man. Black privilege, Thank you, King. man. I'm I appreciate serious, you, my man. brother. As soon as I got I appreciate out of jail, you. I had, choice, I had a choice to go to go on the streets or go get help. And your book inspired me to get help, man. Well, wow. you, 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 know I mean? you hold on. I'm, I'm sure Charlemagne got an extra book, at the the new one, and he can send you that as well. Man, I can't, I can't, I can't no book help him right now. He I needs mean, a place. I, I know, but he enjoyed reading your book, so you should definitely give him a new one. No, I definitely Thank will. You. Absolutely will. That book inspired me, man. I'm telling you. I was preaching I want, after I uh, read that book, man. I wish I had a program I could I could, I could, could give you or something. Well, I'm trying to get into Samaritan Village in Queens. You know what I mean? So I have a, I have a social worker that I'm going to go see tomorrow. I mean, today. Okay. I'm up, I'm up early and I'm focused. You know what I'm saying? I'm still sober. Thank God. <laughs> you know well, what listen, I mean? man, if you... If you need me as a reference to something, you know, I give you, I give you, I give you some information. Well, I just want to put the the uh, that program on full blast because they 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 did me dirty. They even tried to put me in a crazy house for a week, so I went and, wow. and drug me up. Yeah, but I didn't even take no medicine. I made them. I, I gave them the donkey of the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold leave on, your brother. info, yo. Hold Somebody on. gonna get your info. Somebody gonna get your info now. Hello, who's this? Hey, what's up, Envy? Good morning, it's Rick. Good morning, Angela. Good morning, Charlemagne. What's going on? Good morning. Peace, what's up, bro? Get it off your chest. Today's a good day. Uh, I'm I'm proud of uh, Joe Biden for making the good decision of uh, uh, nominating Senator Harris as as running mate. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I called in and I was very critical of her because of her her record in the past. Mm-hmm. But definitely going into the future, she you know she has. The means to make amends. Everyone can change. Everyone can have a, a, a change of heart when it comes to, you know, things that they did in the past. And I think Joe Biden said one of the greatest things that he wanted the White House to look like the country. And having a woman of different background and heritage definitely helps to make the country more diverse and can bring us together. And she's Jamaican and I'm Jamaican. And we shouldn't just be voting for her just because she's Jamaican. Boop, boop, boop. Why not? <laughs> but no, nah, not not because because we have to be critical of politicians at all times. Nah, you know, we, you're right. It's, it's, a, it's a high pressure position, 
and we got to keep the pressure on them to make sure they make the right decisions. But That's you know, right. I'm proud of her, and I'm proud of Joe Biden. And, and Char- Charlemagne, I'm putting together this article, right, that shows uh-huh. the effect of Jamaica as a small country on the United States, on, on black consciousness and on hip-hop mm-hmm. on, on a whole. From, from Marcus so you, you're talking about Marcus Garvey? Yeah, from Marcus Garvey to Bob Marley to Biggie Smalls to, to uh, Grand Pooba, like all these people that got Jamaican Safari. Hair. Safari. Uh, uh, Safari does not have an effect on black culture, my friend. But anyway, um, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, big, up, big up to Senator Harris and big up to Joe Biden and big up to the Breakfast Club. Thank you, guys. Hey, hey, yo, I want you to go read this article. It's this great article that came out in USA Today. I mentioned it a little while ago, but I forgot to shout out. out, But it's uh, Nikki. You didn't say the writer of the article. You didn't say his name. Yeah, Nikki Nikki Solis, a woman. She's a public defender. She worked with Kamala Harris, and she said that Kamala Harris was the most progressive DA in California. And she said you know it. it, you, it take away, you know, one thing you can take away from uh, Kamala Harris's uh, time as a DA is that if she yeah. had an 80% uh, conviction rate, that means she was good at her job. So, you know what I mean? If, 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 if you want somebody that's going to be, you know, diligent on their job and someone that's just really going to, you know, focus on what they need to do, and if she could get an 80% uh, um, conviction rate during that time, even though that was a bad thing for us as, uh, you know, as black men. And I mean, that means she could lock in on her job and do something. So she's going to be not, let those two going into November. And, uh, you know, let's, let's go out there and support her. Got, All right. I don't even think she's Thank the lesser of two evils. I really do think she's a political change agent. I never I never heard about her having an 80% conviction rate. But if you go and read this article by Nikki Solis, and she's a public defender, and Nikki says, I grappled with this idea of defending a former prosecutor for a long time, but I have to say what I feel is right to set the record straight on Harris. And this is a public defender in San Francisco. She said that Kamala Harris was the most progressive DA in California, and she lists all of these different reasons why it was a couple of things on there that I didn't even know, uh, especially the fact that she didn't prosecute prostitutes. She, um, you know, sent them to get, you know, therapy to deal with their trauma. That I was like, wow, child, uh, child prostitutes. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So, so you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on the Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, peace and blessings, guys. How you guys feeling, man? Hey, Porter Pot, Sean Stone. What's up, brother? I'm good, brother. How, Angela Yee. How you doing? Hey, what's up? How are you? Peace and blessings. Yes, sir. Hey, Charlemagne, how you going to be waking up late? You working from home, bro. That don't make no sense. Why, why, why does that make not make any sense? Bro, because you're working at home. you at home, bro. You got to get up on time, bro. You know so, what I mean? So just because just I'm at home doesn't mean I can't wake up late? You shouldn't be waking up late, period. Just like how you... You've, you, 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 you've, never, you've never woken up late for your job, ever? I've woken up, I've woken up late before, but not when I'm wake, work, working at home, bro. You got to get it. I don't, I, you know I don't I mean? see the difference. You got to get it. Get it. <laughs> I really don't. I don't see the difference. Waking up late is waking up late. Doesn't matter if you're working at home or not. What's up, Sean? What up, man? I, guys, I'm just happy to be back at work. For two months, I was I was out of a job, you know what I mean, as an essential worker. I'm back out here driving the garbage truck. I'm back out here, you know, in sanitation. Why did they cut y'all off? I, didn't, I don't know they cut uh, well, sanitation well, off. I was working at a private company, so at, at the end of the day, they did with, like, seniority. Anybody that has seniority over you, they had to lay you off. So I had right. one year there. So they were like, yo, Sean, we got to lay you off. So I'm just happy to be back today, bro. I got a okay. man early. I was mad excited. You know what I mean? Definitely. What made, them, what, 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 made, what made them hire you back? 
Well, I'm a good worker, dude. Like, you're you right, like, sure, so you're not a good person overall. I'm a good worker. I do my work <laughs> and I do my job. And also, I'm out here trying to provide for my family. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm but glad what work got to do with business? I'm speaking from a business perspective. If they got rid of everybody, what made them bring you back? That's well, all I'm the saying. the main reason why they brought me back, uh, there's a guy that's out on surgery, and he's going to be out on surgery for quite a while. There you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, but got every, you. But also, while in quarantine, within the two months, you know, Sean Stone had to start his own business. So if anybody want to check out Sean Stone business, just go. What to is it? What's the business? Well, my well, the business is um, I'm selling like TLC wellness products, health 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 products that will help your help your immune system. Like what? And how are you getting these products? You growing them in the backyard? What you doing? Like how are you making these products? I'm not growing them at all. I'm I'm working with a with a with a company, and all you guys got to do is go to my uh, my IG Sean Stone eight four eight. That's Sean Stone S E A N S T O N E eight four eight, and just click the link tree. And you could see uh, the whole products and what the products does for your body and your system. Okay. All right. Now, well, thank are you. you. Still do, are you still doing music? Uh, right. <laughs> right now, I still, I'm still doing my music on my on my iPhone. I know Charlamagne don't like that, but I'm about to get some uh, some equipment and put it up to my uh, laptop and probably do some music at home. But right now, I'm just focus- focusing on working, Angela. You know what I mean? Why are you wait? Why are you wasting all that storage on your computer and your phone, man? Oh my goodness! I, I love I love doing it, man, because it makes me happy, man, to release. You know what I mean? Okay. It's not like I now it's not like I want to be putting out music in the world, but it makes me happy to release. You know what I mean? True, true. Right. As long as you like, I like that. Hey, I love you guys. I love everybody in the world. Peace and blessing. Everybody, please be safe. Practice social distance and just. Stay home if you if you don't got to go to work. Stay home, man. All right, brother. Thank you. And I'm happy, man. Let's go. There you go, Lorenzo. Yeah, what's going on, DJ Envy? What's going on? What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. Hey, listen, Charlemagne. There. I'm right here, sir. Yo, what's going on, Charlotte? I'm blessed, black, and highly favored. What's happening? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, good morning, you too. But listen, good morning. Yeah, why, I, I want to know what's going on. Um, within the past few years, like ten years, why everybody so got so damn like like sensitive over everything man you can't you can't say nothing online you gotta watch it you say i'll be feeling like sometimes you ever heard of that like like you be seeing in movies like when people put in movies like that cryo sleep i just feel like doing something like that well, and going to sleep for like 10 years and come back and be like yo what's going on well everybody's so fake politically correct you can say whatever you want you know what i'm saying you just got to deal with the consequences of what you said you know and i think that everybody's so afraid of like these social media mobs and being attacked that they be walking tight ropes and walking on walking on thin ice because they don't want to be attacked by the mob but yeah, there's so much about everything but there's so much access now too before social media we weren't hearing what everyone had to say about everything now everybody's voicing their opinions and sometimes they're saying things that maybe they regret saying or maybe they're not saying it in the right way people and, it's, only, they and only, sometimes they're putting it out there to get over analyzed by people they only regret when they get attacked that, that's, that's understandable <laughs> but, but, no, that's, that's, that's cool but it, you know what I'm saying it's like all right, let's say it's Charlemagne he don't ever post his kids but if he posts his kids and he does something with his kids you know right away oh my god yo, he shouldn't be doing this this and this and that like come on yo mind your business like, yeah, I, I agree with you. Everybody's, everybody's so sensitive. Everybody's so soft nowadays. But is is just the way society Bro, is. Bro, say whatever you want. Who gives a damn? Let the mob attack. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up at any time. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. 
Now, if you just join us, we're talking about Insecure. Now, what's going on with Insecure, Yee? Yes, you know, it was the season finale, and Issa and Lawrence are back together in love. But the only thing is, during the time that they had broken up, Lawrence was dating Condola, and she's now pregnant. Listen to this. Is she going to keep it? Yes. Well, this is not a good time. We're not even together. Why would you want this? This is not ideal for me either, but that's just not an option for me. I wasn't ready with Mark, but this time I want to keep it. And it's not like I don't want kids. I do. So this means you're getting back with her? No. No, I told you, I want to be with you. But you're having a baby with someone else. But I didn't plan this, Issa. I don't, I don't want this to happen. I know. You can be as involved as you want. Either way, I'm good. FYI, this is a complete spoiler alert for me. I did not uh, see Insecure this past Sunday. I'm actually two episodes behind, so I'm the season finale. This is your fault, sir. And, you know, that I did wait a day to give people a day to catch up just in case they didn't see it Sunday. We could have did this yesterday, but I said, we'll wait a day. Mm-hmm. And here we so are. What, so what is the question? question? So the question is, if you were Issa, do you think she should stay with Lawrence? He says he wants to be with Issa. He doesn't want to be with Condola, but he does have a baby on the way. Um, This may be the politically correct answer, but it's the correct answer. That's really on Issa because no woman is not, no woman is obligated to stay because the love of her life got somebody else pregnant. If she chooses to stay, that's on her. But if she chooses to leave, that's on her too because she don't owe Lawrence nothing. What the hell? She got to be somebody else. But if you... If you were Issa, what would you do? Yeah, if you I, were I really don't Issa, know. Charlemagne. If I was, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> you sound so I probably confused. wouldn't stick around. I probably wouldn't stick around to be somebody's stepmama. Like he need to handle his responsibilities. Like, and by the way, when you say in that moment to me, I don't want this baby. That kind of shows what kind of man you are. You can't not want the baby just because you don't like the girl. You hit that raw. You had unprotected sex with her. You shot her club up. So now you can't just say, "Well, I don't like her, so I don't want to be with the child." What kind of negro are you? So if I was Issa, I'd probably walk because that shows what kind of character you got. So you wouldn't stay with that man. You want a different man. <laughs> Shut up. 800-585-1051. What would you do, Ye? You know, it's interesting because I'm looking at Twitter right now and Cassie said she should stay because they're soulmates and he never loved Condola. And um, Malin said Issa should stay because the love they have now is undeniable. And if it was me, though, I think that I would have to wait, wait it out. I think I would probably, it would be hard for me to break up with somebody because they've been together for so long. They lived together, broke up. She's been wanting him this whole time. That was the one person she was in love with. But I would also have to take it really slow and not jump all the way in because I'd be a little nervous. I got to see how he acts. He was dating Condola. He did seem to really like her. And sometimes a baby could bring people together. So I would be a little bit concerned. Yeah, but that doesn't, I agree with you on that end too, but that doesn't say a lot about Lawrence's character. Like, you don't want your child just because you don't like the woman? That's lame as hell, I mean, bro. He just said it wasn't a good time for him. And listen, I think men should... I agree with that. It's hard, but it, he was being honest about it. And I'm Lawrence does seem like the type of person who will step up to his responsibilities, but I'm sure in his head he was thinking, how am I going to tell Issa this? I just finally got in a good space in my relationship, and now I have to drop this. And he just found out at that moment. So that was his initial reaction. And so sometimes that's hard. He wasn't expecting it. Yeah, I think it's up to Issa. I, I think it's it's one of those things. You uh, having a baby outside of their bond and their relationship can make things difficult, or it could be okay. I mean, it's just one of those things. Do you want to deal with that? You might be like, hey, I don't want that stress. I don't want to deal with that. I want a fresh start or whatever it may be. So I think it's up to Issa. Whatever Issa feels is is well. Yeah, we know that, is. but we're just saying, what would you do if you were Issa? 
I tell that man to take care of his responsibilities just because you ain't like that girl. Don't tell me you didn't like that girl because you liked her enough to hit it raw. You liked her enough to have unprotected sex <laughs> with her and shoot her club up. Okay, you liked it that much, didn't you? That's if a I was given, said, but would you stay? Would you but stay they had, with they, your soulmate? But they've been together before, right? They've been together. They have history. They love each other. So, yeah, I mean. Now I'd you got to raise another woman's baby, too. I mean, Somebody yeah, but, but that's you feel that's your soulmate. You feel that's, you know, that, that they have some type of love and some type of bond, you know? This is something that happened beforehand. We've seen it in relationships before. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, I would stay. Think about Dwayne Wayne By and Gabrielle you, Union. Wasn't it the same? Similar, something like that? They were already together. They were already together. By the way... Um, I thought they took a break at that time. and I don't know. By the way, y'all only like stuff like this on TV. If this is real life, y'all be like, oh, hell no, Issa. You better leave his ass, girl. You can do better. Y'all only like stuff like this on TV. You tell him, girlfriend. Let's go to the phone lines. Lawrence didn't. Why we got to wrap up, Eddie? Our producer right. telling us to wrap up. Lawrence ain't wrap up. 585-1051. We'll take your calls when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just join us, we're talking about Insecure. Uh, just tell them briefly, uh, Yee, what we're talking about. Yes, yeah, so on the season finale, apparently Lawrence has gotten Condola pregnant. Condola is the woman he was dating while he and Issa were not together. But now him and Issa have gotten back together. They are soulmates. They're in a great space. But he had to break the news to Issa that Condola's pregnant. All right, well, let's go to the phone lines. What would you do? 800-585-1051. Hello, who's this? It's Jerry. Hey, good morning. What would you do? Good morning. Okay, I'm on the same boat as Issa, and I'm staying. See? Now, why are you staying? What happened? Tell us your real life story. Huh. Long story. It's a long story. We've been together. Well, I was with him. Oh, it happened to you. For, um, yeah, she said it happened to her. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I was with him and I was pregnant when I got with him. And then we stopped talking and now he got somebody else pregnant. Wow. So, so but you guys are back I together? Know, I'm taking a leap of faith. Yeah, I'm taking a leap of faith. I'm saying, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, I, mean, I hope you. it all not, works out for it's you. It's on you. Your, your kids way, will be growing up together. <laughs> yeah, it's on right? you. That's, that's your decision. You, people have to live with the choices that they make. You make, you're making a choice. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. She's taking a leap of faith. I'm not mad at her. Have a, All right. Have a good day, stepmama. Stop it. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Dee from Nashville. Hey, Dee hey, from Dee. Nashville. Good morning. Now, what would you do in this good situation? Morning, good morning. Um, I've been in that situation, actually. Um, mm. Me and my guy was together about three years, and then we had a little hiatus, and... He saw all the people, and I did too, but when we got back together, we found out uh, nine months later it was a baby. Um, he had a test, and it was his, and uh, I had to end up going to therapy. It was hard, but we stayed together for a very long time, and now the baby is like nine years old. So uh, I'm a little older, so. And it worked out. Okay. Yeah, we, yeah, definitely worked it out. So um, right. he has a baby mama from hell, but, you know, um, <laughs> we worked it out. That's so. the other part, right? <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's oh, interesting yeah, because yeah. you didn't you didn't find out until the woman already had the baby. So it's not like you knew ahead of time. No, didn't know anything. Um, she let him know um, that she had a baby. He had no idea. He was thinking like, no, nah, it's not going to be mine. But um, and it was. they had a test and it was. Yeah. So mm-hmm. did you, it was did hard. You, did, you so chast- high, did you chast- we worked it out. Did you chastise him at all for uh, having unprotected sex with other women? Because you um, thought that was something special between y'all. Okay. 
that's the part I had to go to therapy about because it was like, you know, okay. like I'm not going to be sitting back waiting to see if I have something, you know, like, you right. know, it was, just, get, it was, it was right. really, really hard. It was really hard for me. The first but, thing yeah, you do is go happens. get tested. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely so. So that's the part I was <laughs> having issues with, but, um, yeah, we worked it out and I love the child and all of that. Okay. Stuff. So there's hope for Issa. I just want everybody out there to know that raw is rare. Okay, you ain't supposed to be out here just raw and randoms, all right? When you take that condom off, it's supposed to be with that special someone. That, that, that unprotected sex is for your soulmate, okay? Jesus Christ. And ladies, y'all know when your man teaches, the first thing you do is go get that test and be like, now I got to go get tested because you running around with your dirty d-. That's the first thing we do. Goodness gracious, guys. All right. 800-585-1051. We're taking your calls. Call us up. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just join us, we're talking about Insecure. You want to give us a quick rundown, Yee? Yes, Issa and Lawrence are back together. They had broken up for a little while, but the only thing is Issa got Condola pregnant, a girl that he was dating while him and Issa were on a break. And now he had to break the news to Issa, but they are soulmates should she stay. Now, Charlamagne said, uh-uh-uh, I wouldn't stay. I got to get me that's another I, man. You didn't, what, well, what did No, you say? no, no, that's not what I said. What I what said was, <laughs> it's on, I, said it, I said it sounds politically correct, but it's absolutely on Issa. That's a decision that... No, we said, Issa what would you do if you were in that situation? Yeah, but you we, we know that, but yes, if it was um, you. I said, I, said, I, don't, I, I don't know. I probably no, you would didn't. not... I, I probably would not stick around, not because of the situation, but because I think that shows how terrible that man's character is. Like, you can't just not be in your child's life because you don't like the girl because she was good enough for you to have unprotected sex with. She was good enough for you to have sex with her raw and shoot her club up, but now all of a sudden she's not good enough to raise a child with? What type of are you? You tell him, girl. Uh. Nayee, what would you do? Uh, I think that I would just have to take it slow and be really cautious. But I probably, if it was me... Because we were on a break and he was being honest with me, I'll try to make it work. And if it I doesn't, would, me too. you know. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's... Okay. Yes. If that's my soulmate, we broke up, we're back together, you did this in our break, I think I might stay. All right, but let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? Monica. Hey, Monica. What would you do in this situation? Oh, I would totally leave, but that's just being selfish because in reality, it's Issa's fault. So it's kind of the things that now she got to like put her head together on what she really going to do. She, yeah, she cheated first, and now it's, he came back, and now she got to deal with the consequences that happened afterwards. So you're saying it's karma? Yeah, it's one of the things she just got to deal with it. I wouldn't, I, okay. no, I would leave, but like I said, that's just being selfish, but they was broke up, okay. so she can't blame them. There's nothing wrong with being selfish, though, just so you know. You can be selfish sometimes. That's on you. Uh, you definitely can be selfish. I know I am, but in that case, <laughs> it's one of the things that I'm trying to be optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Mama. Hello, who's this? This is Anita. How are you? I'm doing well in yourself. Now, we're talking uh, insecure. What would you do in that situation? Um, move with him to San Francisco and make sure he <laughs> paid child support. You wouldn't want him to be around no, the child, though, and be in the child's life? Yeah, that's what I said. But No, you said pay child support. You didn't say I, nothing I, about... You know what? To be honest with you, he does have a good heart. So he does want to be around him. So, but I would still um, move with him to San Francisco, and he will have the baby when he wants it, and then take it from there. But I would move with him to San Francisco because there's going to be a chance that he's not going to go, and they're going to get together. To be honest mm. with you. Now, I, so now you got to babysit. Now, now. now you got to babysit him. Babysit who? 
him because you can't just be all up on him because you're nervous that if you're not there, what he might do. And Issa also has her whole own life in L.A., so that's yeah, a little difficult. If I, if I, if I was that young woman's father... Uh, if that was my daughter, I would encourage her not to do that. I'm like, you gonna uproot your whole life and move to San Francisco because that nigga got a baby with another woman? Hell no. That ain't how life works. You got your own thing going on. You would encourage your daughter yeah, to do that? Uh, she, Hell no. She actually almost said that, that she would go with him. If you if you would look at it, she would I mean, give him that look like, well, I'll go with you. No, what she if said you, was, it's a 45-minute flight. If you remember the end, she gave mm-hmm. the look like, I will just go with you. Because he looked at her like, well, you will come? And she looked like, well, yeah. She didn't say it, but she I feel like I, I heard her say it's just a 45-minute flight. Yes. Like, it's time. And, and one more nah, thing. let's be clear. I would like to say to you guys, thank you for thinking of Miss <laughs> Horn. Because that story moved me so badly. Like, I'm happy that you're going to reach out to her and help her. Thank you. Oh, yeah, we're going to get, we're going to get, we're going to yeah, get. I reached out to her right. on Instagram, too. I reached out to her on Instagram, too, so hopefully. We're going we're gonna to get Miss Horn right. Listen, um, everybody, somebody called in early and said, didn't that happen to Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade? I said I don't that. know if y'all noticed or not. Lawrence ain't no goddamn D-Wade. Okay. What does that mean? That is not no reason to be. That is not no reason to be uprooting and moving to San Francisco. Is Lawrence going to San Francisco to get a hundred million dollar contract to play for some team? It's not about the okay, money, then. bro. It's about he's the soulmate. Doing, he's doing pretty well. He's doing pretty well. You bird, yo. It's not everything. It's not about the money. Okay. Um, I love <laughs> the fact that Marcus Jordan tweeted us. What he said? Uh, he said, "Has anybody suggested that maybe they broach discuss the topic of miscarriages next season?" Hey, shut up, Marcus. We talking about now. Marcus, Marcus. What's wrong with you? Knock it off, Marcus. Marcus is too good. I'm, I'm glad he's into it. Goodness gracious. We talking Marcus. about right here, right now. We ain't talking we, about storylines for next season. We need to get sports back <laughs> on for Marcus. Christ. See, Marcus is... He's, he's hey, my, yes, yes, please. This. But this is why you got to bring the NBA back right here. We need Marcus <laughs> arguing about who better, Michael or LeBron. We're <laughs> talking what's about miscarriages <laughs> for insecure season six or seven that hasn't even hap- happened yet. Oh, my Jesus goodness. Christ, Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Back, back, back. You're checking out the world's most dangerous morning show. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We have a special guest on the line. And one of only two members that, that have ever smoked on the Breakfast Club, and he's smoking right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Snoop Dogg. Hey, hey, hey. Good morning. Good morning. Snoop, what's the first? Do you pray first or smoke first when you I get up in the morning? Okay. I pray. All right. I pray that I, I pray that I can see another day and uplift some more spirits and some more souls. And I pray that the rest of my family is still alive when I'm alive when I get up. There you go. We seen a very interesting versus battle the other night. Very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, wasn't the battle supposed to be you and Buster at first? What happened with that? And was that ever supposed to happen? Yeah, that was definitely supposed to happen. But you know, we had some uh, things that was preventing it from happening. It just was a lot going on, but for the most part, I really, really, me and Buster Rhymes, we really, really, really wanted that, like, bad, like, because we love each other. We got great history together. We got stories of us being on the road together, so it was going to be a real positive celebration to, to show our music and our skills, but when that didn't happen, DMX was on his way to California already to work with Swiss Beats, so the idea came with, shoot, since X is coming his way, dog for dog, right? and I was like, you know what? 
that sounds like a, a, a real showdown because I always had a love and a respect for X. And I remember when he was running the rap game for two years straight and I had to take the back seat to him. So I felt like this would be a very interesting battle because I had the rap game in the palm of my hands at one time and he did as well. Do you remember the first time you met X? Yeah, man. It, it, it was at Javarga Square, man. Javarga at a concert Square. I did mm-hmm. way back in the days. And uh, he reminded me. He reminded me because he told the story of how he created the song Get At Me, Dog. Yeah, he heard you say it, yeah. Exactly, and that like kind of like threw me off. It blew my mind because it's like you don't realize how much you influence the hip-hop world until somebody keeps it real and says that. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're doing your verses and you look at all the lyrics, right? Because, I'm, I'm, you know, we, we vibe and we watch you on TV, we singing the songs, but it's a different feeling now when I got the kids running around. I'm like, yo, get out the room, get out the room, because it almost felt like, damn, I, I didn't know... Snoop said that back then. I didn't know DMX said that back then, but it was so natural. But now, it just seems a little, it's like, wow, I can't believe Snoop said that. I can't believe DMX did a song about that. But you know what? That's the era that we come from. We were so blunt, and all we knew was what we knew. No, that's real. Cultural context matters. That's why I said all the woke motherfuckers, y'all stay over there while Snoop and DMX (laughs) doing their shit, all right? Because when you let bitches ain't shit, Fly, I said, God damn, Snoop the realest good lie. And, 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 and I saw all the woke people, especially the woke sisters, was vibing to it too. They couldn't fake it because it's something about if it feels good to you, it must be good for you. It wasn't aimed at you, you, or you. It was just an expression that we had, and you caught it because you felt like that sometimes, like DMX said. Man, I play this record every time my baby mama, my fiance, every time she get on my nerves, I play this record right here. I'm like, man, because he knew all the lyrics, and it threw me off. Like, when you're a rapper, you don't expect another rapper to know all your lyrics from 27 years ago. Right. Yeah, you look genuinely shocked. I didn't know what that was for. I didn't know if that was because it was DMX. Cause I, I don't know if it was an East Coast thing. Like, damn. Because the East Coast got people didn't like to give it up for the West Coast artists like that back then. But now I guess it's cool. I think that's probably what it was, because I know when we dropped the Chronic album, we basically shook up the whole industry. And my mission was to impress the East Coast. So I wanted to make a stamp to where they would respect me, appreciate me, and love me. Because every time I came to the Big Apple, if I seen an EPMD, a KRS-One, LL Cool J, Kid Capri, whoever the f*** I seen, I made it a must to break through security and go tell them, I love y'all, I f*** with y'all, I'm a fan. Even if I was bigger than them at the time. And that's why I felt like my relationships with some of these rappers on the East has always been solidified by me being genuine and saying, I love you, cuz. You, you, you spoke in the battle, too, how you wrote for Dr. Dre, but then you also let other people write for you. Which, which one do you prefer? I like them both. I'll give you a great story. Me and the DOC, this one of the greatest writers of hip-hop, we're in here writing this song, struggling with this beat. We can't come up with shit. It's like the fourth day. Dr. Dre fly from New York into L.A. We all in the studio. 30 minutes later, that shit is done. He wrote Dre and my shit, and it was flawless. And me and DOC was like, well, looks like this outstruck us on this one. So we're going to take the back seat, and I'm going to accept it. And it was still Dre, and it was Jay-Z, and he wrote the whole fucking song. How was that session? Because that is such a West Coast beat. That's such a West Coast feel. Like, when you think of West Coast music as a DJ, that's the first record, one of the first records you go to besides G-Thing. So how was that session, him writing... I'm feeling like that West Coast. Well, Jay-Z is a, a great writer to begin with for himself. So imagine him striking up for somebody that he truly loves and, and, and appreciates. So he loves Dr. Dre. 
That's what his pen showed you. Yeah, people was wondering why you didn't play it. Because it's not my record and Jay-Z wrote it. I, I wouldn't have got a point if a New York would have slid on that chat and been like, no, Jay-Z. Because if I was to go up against Hov, I think he would play that on me like, and I'd be like, oh, no, you cheating, girl. You can't do that. I remember there was a rumor back in the day that that Hov was a, a sneaky crip. You know what? He got sly lines, you know what I'm saying? He be getting his little walk on with his with his literature, you know what I'm saying? We read between the lines. Like, we got lingo that he really identifies with us on some real slick grip. You know what I'm talking about? Now, I got to ask you this. Even though the versus battle is a celebration, right, and you and DMX are cool, when you were doing the battle, are there certain rounds you felt like you didn't win? Yeah. When I dropped deep cover, I thought I was strong right off the gate. Mm -hmm. And then a nigga hit me with a poem going into his about a drive-by. And then it says something about some something, all you do is talk about a drive-by. And all you do is just drive by. Boom. And the music came on. I was like, damn, I lost that with the setup <laughs> and the, and the over, overhand right and the whole nine. You know what I'm saying? I, I go with shit like that. I go with style points. I go with how you set the song up, how emotional the song is, what's the feedback, what's the feel. And did the song make me get up? You may get that point, or I may lose half a point for being so into your shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing about you and X, man, we both love y'all spirit. Yeah. So so it's like X music is great, and you just love X, and you root for X. Same thing with you, but that music, man, that stuff y'all was making, man, those are weapons of mass destruction. It's just, it's just different levels to me. You got to look at what Dr. Dre was always up against. He was never, like, the greatest producer in the world when he was with NWA, and he was making the greatest music in the world, but they wasn't giving him that. So when he finally got a chance to get with Death Row Records and have a breath of fresh air, some new MCs and a, a new new light, he was definitely going to show his ass. And from that point on, I feel like Dr. Dre put his stake down as like, I'm the dopest producer in hip-hop. I don't give a f where you from. You can't f with me. Everything I put out spent off and spent off something tremendous. And I started careers that ain't never died. You ain't put out a from the West, from the Midwest, from the East, and all of them successful? Yeah. Eminem. White rappers had zero respect in rap. He has probably put Eminem in a position where he could be labeled as one of the top 10 rappers ever. I don't think so, but the game feels like he's top 10 lyricists and all that that comes with it, but that's just because he's with Dr. Dre, and Dr. Dre helped him find the best Eminem that he could find. I respect Eminem, and I can see why people would have him in his top 10, top 5. I personally don't. You've been, around, you've been around a long time. Why don't you have him in your top 10? Because there's some niggas in the 80s that he can't f with. Like who? Like Rakim, like Big Daddy Kane. Yes, sir. Like KRS-One, like LL Cool J, like Ice Cube. Yeah, the 80s don't get the respect it deserves, and it's weird because the 80s bred superstars like yourself, like Biggie. Like Wu Tang Clan, like Nas. Like I wonder why that why, why that 80s that 80s class don't get that respect. When they talking about well, top tens and top fives and all that. Well, when we came, we tried to take them out. That's why. But a lot of us gave them respect. And then a lot of us really wanted their spot. Just like now. What the little niggas do now to us? Y'all niggas ain't goats. We the OGs. We the goats. We this. So it's like, that's what the game is built about. Hip-hop is a young man's game. It's not an old man's game. All right, we got more with Snoop Dogg. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Snoop Dogg. Charlamagne? Man, Snoop, I laughed so damn hard when you posted that meme 
about Queen Jada Pinkett Smith bringing herself to the red table talk when they said when Jada cheated on Willis like she cheated on all of us. Did you even hesitate to post that? Like, let me not be petty. <laughs> that. <laughs> that. <laughs> Teddy Riley to the Teddy Riley to the table. Quit playing, Charlotte, man. You know every moment we get to be motherfucking petty. If you don't knock it off as, as much as you be doing on the petty Nigga, I'm firing off every chance I get. You dragged me to the table and made me spill my heart out and pour my soul out to you. Now I need to get my get back. <laughs> they brought you to the principal's office, man. Red Table Talk. Man, they had me office. triple teamed in there with the little sis, grandma, and her. I was like, man, I, this ain't going to end well. I better, I better fix my time. I'm not going to end well. Now, Snoop, last time you were up here, I think it was uh, last August, you talked about the Kardashians, and you said Travis Scott better get out and Kanye West better get out. What did you know that the world didn't know at that time? That that movie Get Out has some similarities to that house. Mm -hmm. And I don't like not nobody or whatever, how they get out, but I'm just looking at the statistics of the men that come in and how they leave. And <laughs> it, just, it just ain't right, like. I'm not picking on nobody. I'm just saying it's just something strange going on over there. I've been invited over there a couple of times. I ain't never went. That says a lot, though, Snoop, because you, you, you a person that, you know, you, you tend to kick it with a little bit of everybody. And I'm cool with Chloe, my homegirl. Uh, I love Kendall. Kylie cool with me. I don't know the uh, Courtney and Kim have like a, like a you know, because I keep it real, so they kind of like this with me. You know what I'm saying? So, right. But... And, then, and the moms is cool as hell with me. So I ain't got no issues with nobody in that house. I'm just giving you my perspective of it. Yeah. sure looks strange when a nigga leave that motherfucker. He don't come out the same way. Well, you know what, Snoop, you did get some backlash for being in the studio with Kanye, right? After you had... Well, let, let, me, let me say this. Mm -hmm. Dr. Dre called me to the studio because Dr. Dre was producing Kanye's album. I don't know if y'all knew that or not. I may be spilling the beans, but I'm going to clear this shit up. Mm -hmm. Dr. Dre called me to come get on the project that he was doing with Kanye. So I said, I'll do anything for you, Dr. Dre. When I get there, cuz is there, he playing me his shit. It's sounding good. The, the mind sound like he right. He in the right spirit. He rapping his shit. The shit he's saying is spiritual is dope. And I'm telling him, you back. He like, I want to get you on something. No problem. Put my thing down for the spirit. I'm going to give you that because it's hip hop. And I was with you before you went crazy. And it looked like you back to being normal again. So I'm going to give you that. Did, did that conversation ever come up with you and Kanye? Did any of, that, any of that come up? Did you have to tell him how you feel about any of that he was doing? Man, one thing about me and Kanye, we've been real since we've been real with each other. And certain things don't even need to be discussed. That wasn't the moment or the time or the mode. It was, he was happy to see me. I was happy to see him. And it was a brotherhood. It wasn't about what we did in the past. It was about let's move forward and try to get to what we had. And when I sized him up and seen his mental and, and what he was on and what he was spitting, I was like, he got his together. So... I can get out with him because it's been times in the past where I've been asked to f with him, and I was like, I ain't fing with him. Pac was a Gemini, Kanye's a Gemini. Are, are there any similarities between them as artists and, 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 I, and I guess people? That work ethic, they both got that same kill instinct in the studio. Those killers. Now that you said that, I feel a lot of Kanye is Tupac with his aggression and his energy. It's just Tupac knew how to aim it differently. Like, it used to be a time where Kanye was a perfectionist at telling stories and expressing what he felt. And then it just feels like now he's, like, he's losing the message behind what is real and what's fake. Like, you got to really push what you're speaking on. And in the past, you really knew what you were speaking to. And you could be asked questions about it, and you could answer intelligently. Now when a nigga asks you questions, 
these answers this is given nowadays is like, damn, what in history book this reading out of? <laughs> Have you been watching Corrupt on Mary's Boot Camp at all? Sad. We tried to get him help, you know what I'm saying? But you got to want to help yourself. So with that being said, I watched the show, disappointed. Don't like how they got my out there. But he a grown-ass man, and I feel like this is going to help him see what we've been trying to tell him for the past three years. Cug, go get you some help. Get off that bottle. Get in the gym. Drink some water. You know what I'm saying? But when you're going through issues, you know, you lose your mother. Uh, you, you get divorced. It's like a lot of that's going on in this head that we wasn't prepared for when we left there for a record. We wasn't taught a lot of this shit. A lot of us started families and just had to figure it out. So, you know, we praying for him. I love him to death. And I just want to see him get some help. And hopefully this television show can help him get some help. Right. It sounds like Corrupt got a lot of unresolved trauma that he probably needs therapy for. And, you know, I'm, I'm a praying man, too, but I believe in therapy as well. Is, is therapy something you believe in, Snoop? Definitely. That's a lot of issues in the black communities that we don't admit that we have mental issues and we need therapy. We need conversation. We need expression. We need to, to be able to get off what we hold on to. And I said that earlier. We like to let shit build up and then we take it out on the wrong person. And that goes with therapy. If you have therapy, then you may be able to express and scream and yell at your therapist and get that shit out and go back home and have a basic conversation as opposed to arguing shit all the time at home. Have you ever sat down with a therapist? A couple of times. I went to a marriage counselor before. You got to do things to keep the shit together. And sometimes it don't work with y'all conversation because you got your views, she got her views. You know what I'm saying? You need somebody to step in the middle and be like, nigga, you was wrong as a mother. Hey man, you've been a superstar for a long time, Snoop, and people think you just naturally cool. They think it's the weed. They say, man, Snoop always happy. I can look at Snoop and hear Snoop talk and tell Snoop did the work on himself. I can tell Snoop been to therapy. I can see you got God in your life. How did you get to that space? How did you not lose yourself in the, in the industry? I had it all taken away from me. You know, I was the dopest in the world. My record came out doggy style. I was in the, I'm in the Guinness Book of World Records. For the first debut artist to debut number one, all kind of little bullshit to come with it. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I had all of that riding high, and then that shit was just taken away. I'm fighting for my life, a murder case. Then when I beat the murder case, my friend gets killed. The label falls apart. The label comes after me. I'm getting death threats. Because want my life. I have no money, no label, no friends. Some of the homies turned on me because they was paid off. So it was stripped. So I had to find myself then. Am I going to go stupid gangster and kill up all of these or am I going to find me and get in tune with God and find my spirit and my real reason to be here? You you got to tell me about the first time you went to therapy and what made you go, man. The first time I went to therapy, I was having anger issues and I just wanted some help. And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't want to talk to nobody black. I wanted to get a different perspective on me. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't think that that was racist by me saying it. I think it was just I needed a different opinion and evaluation because I've been getting the same nobody gives a f he's Snoop Dogg he's a star I did the same thing I wanted to talk they'll excuse everything you know pay this or buy this I wanted somebody to tell me the truth on where I'm f***ing up at where I need to tighten up at where am I leaking at what is my spirit what's my purpose and to tune in with somebody who didn't know me and for me to just open myself up and say all the wrong and the that I did it helped me find a way to just be honest that's real did you, did you and Gail King ever talk Never. And I reached out numerous times, put the invitation out, and I still got it open. So I don't want to put no pressure on her or stress her to do it. But whenever she's ready, I'm ready. It wasn't personal. It just was a reaction to my, my friend. Kobe Bryant was my friend, man. And, mm -hmm. 
At that time, I wasn't trying to hear nobody say nothing bad about him. And that's just that. All right, when we come back, we got more with Snoop Dogg. Let's get into a Snoop Dogg mini mix. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. That was a Snoop Dogg mini mix. Snoop's still in the building. Charlamagne? What, what happened to your store, Snoop? I, wasn't you opening up a, a, a storefront called Snoop Dogg? Yes, it's coming. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to put that out there right now. I think I want to wait until... You know, civilization, get back to being civilized. You know what I'm saying? Right now, we're slanging it online right now. You can buy products online on SnoopDog.com or, you know, the SnoopMarket.com. You can get that. Yeah, I mean, you're such a Los Angeles landmark, man. I feel like you need to have a, a destination location when people come to L.A. Nipsey used to always talk about, God bless the dead, Nipsey used to always talk about uh, they should have like a Snoop land, like a, 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 a amusement park. Uh-huh. <laughs> he did. Though. He used to always tell me that. Man, like, uh, you need to put together a motherfucking doggy land, cuz, but they got 40-ounce roller coasters and all kind of hood in there. They selling uh, house shoes. And I'm like, cuz, I don't get it. But when you come, when y'all come to L.A., y'all got to come to my facility, the compound, what we did, the versus battle. Mm-hmm. I think I have my doggy land. Really, we were talking about how you've done pretty much everything and done so much. So what is there left for Snoop to do? Like, what is still on your bucket list? Yeah, well, right now, for the past three years, I've been working with the special stars, special needs kids. So we got the Snoop special stars. Y'all know I got my football league, Snoop's uh, youth football league. We got kids in the NFL, college, high school doing their thing. But we started the Snoop special stars about three years ago to deal with special needs kids. And I tell you, this is some of the most beautiful shit you'd ever want to see in your life. To see a special needs kid come out there and be very, very bashful. Then all of a sudden we get to coaching him and playing with him and talking to him and visiting him in time. And then before you know it, that kid comes out their shell and they dance and having a good time and celebrating. They doing things that normal kids do. And it puts a smile on the parents' face. We have older people in the league. It's not just for kids. It's Snoop special stars. So we had a banquet that we did where we made them all dress up and we gave them all awards. So we had a particular part of the show. We brought a, a guy named Tommy the Clown who's a dancer out here. He came in dancing, and it was one guy, a 77-year-old man, and he got up and he was dancing, and the dancing was over, and he still was dancing. And when the night was over, his wife came to me, and she said, baby, my husband ain't got up and danced in over 30 years. Wow. You have touched his spirit. And that's why the guy started crying. It was so deep, and there's no cameras on it. It's to put the spirit back into the community of the special needs. Have you ever had one of the special needs kids ask you to hit the weed? No, but one of the little n****s like, hey, what's up with you and Suge Knight? That is still on your head? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the f- is you talking about? You supposed to be special needs and you ask me some <laughs> like that. Get your ass out of this, out of this class. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with you. <laughs> hey, hey Snoop, I'm glad that you're going to be on that No Limit Doc too, man, because I feel like that's a part of your life that, that doesn't get told enough. Man, do you realize that that saved my life? Like, Masterpiece saved my life? I was going to put an album out called F*** Death Row. And Mac-10 was going to give me a million dollars to put it out. It was going to be on Who Banging Records. No. And, and Who Banging Records and No Limit Records was all up under Priority Records and Ice Cube label. So I would go up there to see Mac-10. And when I would go up there, I would have to pass by Masterpiece, uh, No Limit to get to Mac-10. I passed by one day, Mystical in there. He like, what's up? I'm like, what's up? I'll f- with you. I'll f- with you. We're going to be at the studio tonight. Come by. All right, cool. I come by the studio. Get on the song. Master P like, how much you want for the song? In my mind, I'm like, I'm broke right now. I ain't getting no money. Give me 15. 
But I'm thinking like 1500 because I just need something. I come back the next day, Master P wrote me a check for 35000 So I'm like, oh, I like this style. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So now he called me to his office. He said, what you working on? I said, I got this album called Death Row. It's my heart. He like, hold on, bro. He closed the door. And I'm like, man, you ain't going to live to see that album come out. He said, don't do that, bro. You can't make no record talking about death row and sugar, man. You got to let that go, man. He said, let me, let me give you, let me give, let me make an offer to you. Let me make a proposal to you. My own boy, Marvin Watkins, rest in peace, was the middleman to this. Mm-hmm. And him and Marvin put together a play that sounded good. And then flew me to New Orleans. And when I, I took my father, my cousin, Daz, and I think I took one more person with me. And this drove me around the neighborhood and said, pick any house you want. And at that time, I was living in a house that was under Suge Knight's name. All my cars, under Suge Knight's name. So for a to show me, damn, you could have your own sign on the dotted line. I had to say, you know what? F*** that. I'm going with this So he was like, if you sign with me, you got to come down to New Orleans. You can't be out here. So I came, picked the house out, picked out a car for my wife, a car for me, got the house furnished, flew my wife and my kids to New Orleans. And three years later, I did that. What happened to that album? Like the songs on it? I don't know. <laughs> some of them, you know, I used to live in a house. And when I moved out the house, I think some of that was just left there. When I went to No Limit, I bought a new studio, new everything, new car, new furniture. Like all that in L.A., didn't, I didn't give a fuck about none of that. But so the whole project, was it this record? The whole death row? Like, so it was aimed at... I'm assuming Shug and who else would it be aimed at? Whoever was over there, Woody. <laughs> Damn. Now, what made you what made you comfortable to, to leave New Orleans and say, now nah, I can go back to L.A.? What made you want to go back to L.A. and leave New Orleans? My first album, everything was beautiful. I shot a movie. The record did double platinum. We was on tours. We was eating. Second album, No Limit Top Dog. I started double dutching back to L.A., calling on my L.A. producers more. And then going sneaking back, getting a song from this and a song from this, just testing my feet out. The third record, the last meal, that's why I call it the last meal, because it's the last time motherfuckers was gonna eat off of me. So my mission was to go back to LA on the last album. And by the grace of God, Dr. Dre was working on The Chronic 2001. Wow. Dr. Dre just found a white boy named Eminem. I was on my last album. Dre liked the that I had on my album, and he normally don't like my when it ain't his mm-hmm. And that nigga mixed the whole album, No Limit. I mean, he mixed the whole album, The Last Meal. And me and him got our groove back, and I was like, man, No Limit got my spirit back, but that's the nigga I need to be in the car with. And Master P, at the third album, he was like, you can do what the fuck you want to do. You can go start your own label, do your... And I was like, you the realest guy I ever met, because anybody else would have been like, you know I'm going to get 10% override or everything you do from here on out because I put you back in the game. That nigga didn't want no nothing from me. Let me get back with Dre. We did the motherfucking Chronic 2001. Eminem album came out. The Eastsiders album came out. We went on the Up and Smoke tour. Everything was back in pocket. It was like, come on, man. You know what that shit felt like when that thing came out. How did you, like, you said you was broke. How'd you go broke out the doggy style? How about all the money was being given to me? It wasn't like a nigga was going to his mailbox getting checks. It was like it was being dispersed. I was a young artist. Mm-hmm. So at that time, labels would give you money. You know, independent labels like Death Row, you know, 50000 a month. Mm-hmm. Not knowing that these is getting three, four 400000 a month. 
off of me. But then I'm fighting a murder case, so they got to take those finances to fight the case and discoveries and evidence and this and that and that and that and this and, and shit that I don't know about. You get what I'm saying? So all of that from you. Yeah, and I can't dispute it. Like you fighting for my life. What I look like telling my lawyer, hey man, they stealing money from me. They trying to get my life back. Wow. Well, Uncle Snoop, we appreciate you for joining us this morning. Man, so many gems, man. You can sit here and talk to Snoop forever. Y'all know I'm a big fan of the Breakfast Club. I asked to be on this motherfucking show. Y'all wasn't looking for me. I was looking for y'all. <laughs> so next you, time we do that person, we'll smoke together. I'll take two puffs. One. You got to get to two. You right, one. <laughs> now, I just want to hey, always salute you, Snoop, man, because you are an icon in this game, man. And you know, Absolutely. I don't like I don't want to I don't like celebrating people after they're gone. I want to celebrate them while you're here because you know, just just for you to still be walking amongst us, a, a, a living legend for real, for real. It's like looking at Bigfoot, a Loch Ness monster. It's like, man, that's Snoop, though. That's right. Hey, man, I treasure those moments that I, that I could give people that add on to this legacy. But I'm just doing God's work, and I'm here to do what I'm supposed to do. I found out. How to master me, man. All right. Well, thank you, Uncle Snoop. We love you. Snoop B-O-W-G. Breakfast Club, Snoop Dogg. In the morning, baby. Don't be able to be. 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 Don't well, you may not know her name, but you know her claim to infamy. See, Sydney is the Michigan woman who recently went viral because she couldn't wait to exhale. Oh, yes, she got her Bernadine Harris setting John's car on fire on when she was caught on camera, blowing up her boyfriend's SUV. Don't act like y'all didn't see this video, okay? We all saw young Firestorm. Okay, Queen Fire Lord using flames as a weapon like she heard Marvel was looking for diversity. So she decided to audition for the role of the Human Torch in the Fantastic Four. Let's go to WDIV Local 4 News for the report, please. This is what the Fraser woman charged with arson looks like after the explosion sent her flying into another car. The Macomb County Sheriff's Department says 26-year-old Sydney Parham has minor burns and cuts. The woman busts out a window in the Jeep, pours gasoline inside, and then throws a match. The force of the explosion she's caused throws her backward, but she crawls back to pick up the gas can and takes off as the Jeep begins to go up in flames. That Jeep was all of three months old. The owner of it, Avery Stevenson, didn't want to go on camera, but he did tell us that while he knows 26-year-old Sydney Parham, she was not his girlfriend. As to a possible motive, he says he's not quite sure. He woke up to the boom of his Jeep exploding on Wednesday, rushed to his balcony, pulled out his phone, and couldn't believe what he was seeing. Parham has been charged with arson. You can see from her mugshot, she's got a couple burns on her face. The sheriff's department says she's going to be okay. She is expected back in court on August 5th. Sydney, you thought that was your boyfriend. But as you just heard, he's not even claiming you. Okay, I have so many things to say. First of all, Sydney, you should feel blessed to be alive with no serious injuries. Okay, I truly expected to see your mugshot this morning, and I expected to not see any eyebrows. But she either has her eyebrows already drawn on, or they are really, really thin. Moral of the story is, she still has eyebrows. Round of applause for her having eyebrows.
Okay. I, I, I expected her to look like Freddy Krueger in the face this morning. I really did. But no, none of that. Okay, I literally looked at her mugshot and I said to myself, God is good even when God doesn't have to be. Okay, he could have ignored Sydney in that situation. He could have sent all Sydney's prayers to the spam folder, but he was there for her. Okay, but clearly, uh, you know, God had a plan for Sydney because not only did she not suffer any burns, <laughs> there was a Ford Taurus or a Mercury Sable. I'm not sure what kind of car that was, but that car was perfectly placed to catch Sydney when she was blown backwards. If that car wasn't there, she might still be floating backwards through Michigan right now. Do you know in the X-Men comic books, when Jean Grey became the Phoenix, she used to use fire? The ill thing about Jean Grey was she was capable of doing anything her mind could think of. The reason I'm bringing this up is because, Sydney, you turned into the Phoenix. The difference between you and Jean Grey is you aren't supposed to do any and everything your mind can think of. Okay? Especially if it involves arson. All right? Setting some man who's not even claiming you, setting his car on fire. Okay? I want to take this time to say that I love black people. And I hate seeing black people making permanent decisions based off temporary feelings. Sydney, I don't give a damn how much you thought you loved this man. And I don't know what this man did to you to make you react in this way. But what I do know is that now you're the one with the mugshot. Okay, you're the one with the arson charge. You're the one getting donkey today. You're the one people are laughing at online because you use fire projection to destroy this man's vehicle and damn near killed yourself in the process. Okay, somebody has watched the TLC biopic on VH1 one too many times and thought that what the great left eye did was a good idea. Rest in peace to left eye. Okay, let me tell you something, man. A, a wise urban philosopher by the name of Calvin Brodus. You may know him as Snoop Doggy Dog. He once said, now, you know, I ain't with that shit, lieutenant. Ain't no poom poom good enough to get burned while I'm up in it. That has nothing to do with anything I'm talking about. I was just listening to the G thing this morning, so it's on my mind. But it did make me want to tell you, Sydney, that ain't no PP good enough to burn anything over it. Okay? I don't care if you got burnt. And I'm not talking about flames, young sunfire. I'm talking about gonorrhea. Whatever it was... He did that caused you to do what you did. I guarantee it was not worth it. Okay, I know everyone was talking about the Usher versus Chris Brown battle this weekend, and it had everyone digging into their catalogs, you know. But I promise you, Sydney, this is not what Usher meant when he said, let it burn. Please let Remy Ma give Sydney R.A.M. the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw, you stupid motherfucker. you dumb. You thought that was your boyfriend. He's not even claiming you. Mm. Mm -mm. Come on. Come on. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for that donkey of the day. Mm -hmm. All right. We got more coming up next. We're The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Amanda Seals. Now, how do you think you've grown during these crazy times during this pandemic? I've learned, I've, I've really learned restraint. Mm -hmm. And the power in restraint and the love in restraint and, you know, just being able to be more thoughtful about, yes, you need to get what's in you off you, but you can practice the pause that gives you the consciousness about someone else. And I will say this, it was harder for me to do that in relationship than it was like with friends or with business. 
because uh, in a relationship, you just feel like we can all let it all hang out. I'm going to say whatever I need to say. You can say whatever you need to say. But when you start to really practice just the respect of speaking from a place of I like you mm-hmm. uh, versus speaking from a place of like, you're going to hear me. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It, it really does change the exchange and it creates a safe space. Now, can we can we talk about uh, the real and of course. You, you led the Underground Railroad to freedom, <laughs> and now people are following you. How, how did that make you feel? You know what, though, to be honest, E, I don't want to forsake my spirit or soul or integrity for this town ever again. And it's not that I went into it thinking that, because I didn't by any means. I really went into the real, like, this is going to be so dope, so fun, so great, because whenever I would guest, it felt like such a safe space, you know, it felt like they genuinely wanted to hear my voice, et cetera. So, uh, but I don't want, I don't like Hollywood. I hate this place. Uh, <laughs> what was I love about it though. Cause I thought, I thought you brought, like you didn't change. Like you never changed. You brought like, the real to the real. Say yeah, what it you is. Are, you are who you are. Like you never changed. I've never seen you slip. I've never seen you die. Like you're Amanda. But behind the scenes, You know, and that's really the lesson. I talked about this on Hollywood Unlocked. Like, you just, you're so focused on what's happening on camera, but that's the least amount of time you're spending. Right. You know, you spend, like, an hour on camera. You know, the most of the time you're dealing with production, you're dealing with your your executives. You're not even really, you're not even dealing with your co-hosts like that. And so you just start to see, like, there's a culture in different places that you work that is toxic. And... Sometimes you just don't know that till you get there. The last year was incredibly jarring for me. It's just like the level of visibility that happened last year was like <laughs> wild. And, you know, some of it was associated with positivity. A lot of it um, was like negative things that I couldn't believe were happening. I just couldn't, I couldn't believe that I was moving in a positive way and then like such negativity would be attached to it. When I was moving in a way to what I thought was protect women, I was lied on and just mm-hmm. my character was completely by many accounts, people felt like my character was no longer of merit. And to this day, I'm still dealing with that simply because like a man said I lied, then I that's it. Like there's no there's no proof or anything. It's just right. because because a man said I lied, I lied, and that was it. Like, just and that, I know how that feels. That I, is, I'm with you here, and no proof, no. nothing. Somebody could say anything, and then people run with it, and then they bring it up all the time. Anytime there's something going on, they like, well, she did this. Well, didn't she? And do you're this? like, and you're like and, that, and they have they have no proof or validity. But right. that's that. Then, you know, you fast forward and there was a whole any party fiasco, you know, and it was just like, I'm going somewhere to support, but it still ends up going like wild negative. And then because we're in this very visible space, it becomes this onslaught. And I have never had thick skin. I'm a cancer. Like, so it was a lot, you know, it really wore on me, like real for real war on me. I had like a whole nervous breakdown in March. For real. And. Not there to pass you tissue. I know. Um, It's all right. I'm just thinking about it because I was in such a dark place. And I know so many people, like you just get to a point where you think like, I can't change myself. 
but the world hates me. And so then if I'm going to continue to be myself in the world, then I'm, then I'm going to struggle all the time. And that makes you want to kill yourself because you're like, it's never going to get better. So what's the point? And that was a really like real place I was in. And anybody who knows me knows like I'm not a defeated person. And they know that I really come from a place of joy and gentleness. And like I needed to make myself the passion project because I had put so much work in to my work and into you know, not being what people think I am and proving and all this stuff. And at the end of the day, I had started to believe what they had made up about me, which is that I'm not a loving person and that I don't deserve love. And if you're not careful, you'll let the people who know you least make you feel like you don't know yourself. Mm-hmm. And I know so many people are in that place right now and they don't know if they'll get out of that place. And it wasn't until I started really approaching therapy and then I started boxing because I realized I had all this anger in me and I need to (laughs) beat that out, you know, and I started doing Reiki and I really just started just letting myself be open to like whatever the possibilities are for me to feel healthy again and well. All right, we got more with Amanda Seals when we come back. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Amanda Seals. Yee. In this book, you talk about when you realized that you had made it and that you were, you know, you went out this one night and you were in <laughs> Black famous. <laughs> yeah, Black famous, and people were recognizing you and how your friends were with you and they were like, you did it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it requires aggressive self-acceptance. I wonder why it's so easy for 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 people to for people to believe the negative we hear about ourselves from others, but not believe the positive we know about ourselves and tell ourselves. I mean, it's like you know, look how quickly cancer spreads. You know, and I think also, you know, we are made of atoms. We have protons and neutrons and electrons. We have positive and negative charges, so it's always there. I think that's why the whole positive affirmation thing ends up being so necessary because it's as if you're building up an emotional immune system to challenge those negatives because your receptors are always there just as the reality of being a being. You know, Mm -hmm. the negative receptors are there. So you got to work to build up your positive receptors and that really does take work and we don't put enough energy into that work. We're actually told that that work is corny, you know, or that work makes you a simp, et cetera. But it's beautiful when you do it because it starts to make it where like the negative is, it's gross. (laughs) It's like, you can't even connect to it. It feels so unnatural because you've, you've done this like Shaolin practice of only attracting positive. And um, even as I talk about it, there's still a part of me that's like, you sound corny, yo. I think it's because we are in a negative world. Mm-hmm. So you, so like the world is built to me more so to run on negative than positive. And that's why you got to make sure your world doesn't run on that. So that yeah. even when you got to go out in the world, you can come back into a space. Like yeah. I want to be in a positive space at all times. Listen, I don't want you around me if you ain't happy to be around me. And right. even if you going through it, check that at the door. Like maybe we can, we can make, not even maybe, we can make space to talk about it. But at the end of the day, it's like, 
I want you to be happy in this space. And so often, I mean, I, I said a tweet that rubs some people the wrong way, but it's like, I said, if his eyes light up when his boys call, but they're empty when it's just y'all, focus on yourself, sis. Focus on yourself. I think what you, one thing you said that's very important too, man, like, you know, you have to monitor who, who your energy goes up and down around. Like when I see certain people on my phone, I'm like, yes, it's my folks, you know what I mean? And I'm at the yes. point in my life, I only want to talk to people I love. I only want to be around the people I love. I don't have time for anything else. The truth of the matter is like we, I, I will always come back to this. Like the hardest thing that this world makes, the, to me, the world makes it so hard for you to have like internal freedom. It does. Mm. And when you have that, you can go work for anybody really. You know, right. and you're like, I'm gonna come here and do this little job and be out of here. You know, and and then what ends up happening naturally is you just start moving energy shifting into spaces that are better for you and you find yourself getting opportunities outside of, you know, the ones that you thought were only available to you just because you're attracting something different. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't need more wealth. I would be more than happy to simply just continue to work with my businesses and my companies mm -hmm. and build those from the ground up in a nurtured, loving space. And um, that will feed me financially, but more importantly, will feed me intellectually and internally. And that is more valuable for me right now. And right. I understand for people who are listening, like there's privilege in getting to that space. Very much. Yes, absolutely. There is privilege in getting that space. And I am so thankful for the opportunity to even have that privilege. But I also know that I really worked for that. You know, yeah. like that wasn't provided to me. It is available to everyone, even though everyone's journey to it may be very, very different. It mm -hmm. is available to everyone. And I think that for a lot of folks, it really looks like it's only available to white people. You yeah. know, it, it it really does feel like that. It, it feels like, like it's only available. Feel like it's it easy. feels like it's only available to light skinned people. It feels like it's only available to pretty people or to skinny people. You know what I mean? But it really is available to everybody. And I really, um, I really just, I just want us to to do better at, and particularly for brothers to do better at telling other brothers like you have everything within you to find peace within you, so that you don't have to do, do the things that hurt you. And at a certain point, a lot of people, especially men because of patriarchy, their pain metastasizes into pride. And next thing you know, you proud of your pain. Yep. And what do we do with things we're proud of? We protect them. Protect them. And that's when you so start. Now you're protecting your pain. And if you're protecting your pain, how are you going to ever let it go? And leading with ego. Because ego feels strong and ego feels safe. Mm -hmm. I know about that. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's always fun to come talk to y'all because I always know there's going to be, like, self-reflection. There's going to be career reflection. There's going to be black reflection, you know, and um, you all create such a beautiful space. It's beautiful watching you grow, Seals. Yeah, Seals. We love you and we appreciate you, you for, for checking in. I want people to know too, like as much as I just talked about how degrading and frustrating Hollywood is, you, you, when you find the people that rock with you, hold on to them. Mm -hmm. You know, like I hosted the BET Awards, not just because I was the right person, but because the right person knew I was the right person. Right. right. 
And those relationships for me are real. Like Jesse Collins is my friend, mm -hmm. you know, like it is that positive love that you have from those other people. So I know that I'm, you know, as I advance in this business, I'm in more of a place of being able to make room for that authenticity. And when you do that, you just create more of a trend for that to happen. And then eventually I hope it, it starts to knock out all the fake and phony, you know, you, it, it, there's nothing, there's no air for it to breathe. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Miss Amanda. We tried to say goodbye three times. Uh -huh. and it's going to hey, work. One last thing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, actually, one last thing. Uh -oh. uh, go to smartfunnyandblack.com. You know, check out my production company, my work, my, my growth. You know, I, I want to encourage everybody who's a creative to understand that this is a process, but that you really can make a creative life for yourself. And as a creative, you're going to have to create your life. And in that, we always know that you may get pain on your hands, you may get, you know, splinters, et cetera, but it's worth it. All right. Well, it's Amanda Seals. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Brandy and Monica. Now, congratulations to them. Shout to Swiss Beats and Timberland. On their verses yesterday, they had over 1.2 million on Instagram Live. So we thought it was only right that we brought this interview back. This is when they came on a breakfast club. Here's Brandy and Monica. Things have changed. And, you know, I've seen Monica uh, threaten to delete her Twitter account before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've seen them come at you crazy on Twitter mm -hmm. and stuff like that. How do y'all deal with the, the, the new social media wave that's out now. I had to accept the fact that it's not like it used to be where you have real journalism and people that cared enough to try to reach your people and see if something was true before mm -hmm. they talked about it or responded to it or put it all over the world. People and want a reaction. Exactly. And, and it's unfortunate that you have people at home that don't realize that this is just another way to make money off them. Right. When you log on, you click, you entertain, you, you correspond. This just puts money in somebody's pocket. It doesn't bring you any closer to the artist because most of the stuff is not even true. Mm -hmm. So one I recognize that most things just don't need a response. Twitter has become a very fun thing for me. Right. You know, like I, I just, I really don't care what's being said. Right. I talk about what's and real you can't, to me. That's part of being a celebrity. You can't really care what that's people say. That's part of being a celebrity now. But what about when it's a, a old issue that's true? Like, you know, Brandy, you had the incident where you, you had the car wreck. Mm -hmm. Somebody unfortunately died. Right. You know, people like to bring stuff up like that on Twitter. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I can't sit here and say that I'm not affected by things like that because... I am. You seem you know? very sensitive. Like, you seem like you read the Twitter and just, just start breaking down. No, no, no. I don't break down. Mm -hmm. Like, don't take my, you know, humbleness for, for weakness at mm -hmm. all. But it's, it's, I am a very sensitive person. And I just feel like when people's intentions are bad and when they go to a place to try to hurt you, like, mm -hmm. that was a very unfortunate situation that I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. Right. You know, so when people take those moments to just you know, send me pictures of car crashes or... Yeah, that's foul. Um, yeah, that's... Or, or say things with, with, with evil intent mm -hmm. that it's like, I, I think to myself, where do... How do people go to that place? Mm -hmm. Because it's it's hard for me to... I don't even know if I have that place inside of me to, to try to hurt somebody mm -hmm. else. Yeah. You know, we all say things we don't mean, but the places that people go are just... It's unreal. It's it's, and it's I can't really figure out what the reasoning is. They're well, miserable. I don't understand. And I understand that they're miserable, but 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 still, it, it's... The law of energy is that energy is never lost or destroyed, just transferred from one party to the next. But, you know, it's been it's been a while, so I've, I've, I've gotten a little bit stronger in that area when people try to go to that place. But, 
you know, for the most part, I use Twitter to to socialize with the people that do love me mm-hmm. and that do support yeah. me. And, you know, I have this this thing on my page called Brandoms, and they're like random brandy thoughts. And I just tweet positive things to I tell you what my dad told me. My dad is from the country. You know that already. But he tells (laughs) me like these crazy... He'll call me and he'll tell me like some great sayings to keep with you that are just like very, very... I mean, they're they're broken down so perfectly. He told me, he said, um, maggots can't live unless they're feeding off something. Mm -hmm. Don't let them feed off you. Right. You know, so he'll call me with little things like that, that that remind me It's not to say that people are maggots, but negative things, because we know, you know, it's just it's just that if you feed it, it just seems to fester and grow. So I just stop feeding things, you know, because so many people create their own stories about what you've gone through and their own opinions. And and why is that not illegal? (laughs) <laughs> don't you think it, that yeah, should, it should be, be illegal? No, it's great to I, hear I, from I, me. Don't you think that? Don't but you think it should be illegal? Especially think, with the blog. They should be able to just to make stuff up like that. Yeah, that should be illegal. But that would be a whole process of you having lawyers nonstop trying to work on yeah. that. You know how that would be? Comes with the, with it the, probably is illegal, but who's going to really But I mean, even for your everyday person, I mean, even for your everyday person, you look at all this cyberbullying, look at the amount of children we're losing because they somebody in their high school put something on the internet something private about them, whether it's about their sexuality, right. their parents, whatever. These children are taking their own lives. A lot of this that's bad parenting, too. So, so. A lot of it is, mm-hmm. but some of it isn't. Mm-hmm. Because our children, they start to kind of find their own way. Think of all the stuff we did when we knew better. Right. You mm-hmm. know, so you, you look at that, you know, you rear your children in the way you'd eventually have them go. Mm-hmm. Not knowing, though, what they may come in contact with out in the world. Right. So if the world was just a little bit better, it may be just a little bit easier mm-hmm. for them to decipher the difference between what they're taught at home, what we know is right, and what they're being faced with every day. What my kids are going to go through in high school is going to be different than what I went through, but what I went through was totally different than my mom coming up in right. Noonan, Georgia, True. in the country where people respected each other, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. fellas held the door when you walked in. Right. You know, it's a different day and time, so the, as hard as I had to be to make it through the school systems where I was from, it's totally different. than right. My mother had, she did not know how to help me through that Mm -hmm. you know all she could do pray for me she taught me the word she gave me the bible but how far from that did i stray before i came back to it so you know you rear your kids in the way you'd have them go but i want it to be a little safer and a little easier for them as they out in the world if it's possible you know that's something i'm looking but everybody has to look within and make the change for themselves to make the world a better place that's that's how it has to be morning everybody it's dj envy angela yee charlamagne the guy we are the breakfast club leave us on a positive note Listen, man, let's talk self-respect on this fine Tuesday. I just want to simply tell y'all, don't lower your standards for anyone or anything. Self-respect is everything. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done?